Across the board, abortion is just so, you know, oh, it's commonplace. Oh, you have a crisis pregnancy. Then I think you just need to abort. You're too young. You have all the, you know, laundry list of reasons why not. But I've, I've heard one person say, and I've heard this testimony over and over again, if one person would have spoken life to that crisis pregnancy woman, she would have chose life. Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show Live. I am Joe Mobley, your host. And if you're new here, thanks so much. I hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, give us a like, a share, and a subscribe if you want to keep up with what's going on. Of course, I say this is a live. This is a live-ish. This is a pre-recorded episode because I am on baby leave with a cute, squishy new baby. Uh, And babies is exactly what we're talking to Uh, or with our guest about. We're not talking to babies unless you have one with you while you're listening to this. So let's get into the show. Hey, Joe, congratulations on number four. That is awesome. Thanks so much. I have to work really hard to have these babies. You wouldn't understand. (laughs) Hey, I have to say I'm baby number four. So baby number fours are pretty awesome. So congrats. Yeah. So Jennifer Bosma, how have you been? How are you doing? I feel like we've done this before. (laughs) I am doing great, Joe. It's been really great. I retired from teaching in May and I feel like I am busier now than when I was in the classroom. It's been awesome. God is really moving, hopefully being a voice for life and you know, saving babies in the process. And, and, you know, just my book has been going great in pregnancy centers. So God is moving. Awesome. Was it crazy to be like, to have that last year be your last year teaching? It's kind of like a not so year. You know, it was, it was, it was a, it was a good year in the way that we really kind of just came back to basics and we did have the kids with us in the classroom and we had a virtual community as well. But what I really, what was unique about it, it was a big learning curve. So to be able to embrace that learning curve and to do the digital and, and face-to-face, I was kind of really excited that, you know, an old dog can learn new tricks. So, um, yeah, so it was a very successful year and made a lot of great memories with my kids. So it's a great takeaway. Awesome. So Jennifer gave it away. You can see back here at the baby garden. Miss Jennifer Bosma is the author of this awesome book, The Baby Garden, which is available now. And I hear that you have another book uh, coming out. So that's awesome. So you sat with this book for a while and um, it, it lived in your in your mind for a while and just with you and your family. And now it's helping uh, women and soon-to-be mothers and pregnancy centers all over the country. So tell us that. And when she was born, I would tell my the oldest daughter, who was two at the time, you know, hey, where do babies come from, mom? It's the old, it's the age-old question. Where do babies come from? And I would tell my two-year-old about the baby garden, that all babies are in the baby garden before they come to earth. And that's backed up by Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I would tell her this story that God has a plan for every single baby. He has them in heaven, and then he sends them down to his mom and his mommy, and, and the baby will grow inside his mommy. And that's the family that he chose. It also talks about the talents that they learn in heaven from the guardian angels because we all have such diverse talents that they taught us the talents in heaven. And it's a sweet little story based on Jeremiah 1.5 that God has a plan for every child. 
So I, I did this in 1994. I sent it off snail mail. Those of you old enough will remember snail mail, but I sent it off to over 50 publishers and um, got 50 really nice rejection letters back. Um, you know, but I didn't, I wasn't, of course you're discouraged when you get a rejection letter, but they were nice, but I tabled it, had my second baby, then had my third baby daughter. Um, and it got tabled for many years. I've always loved writing and I always have like a manuscript notebook. And so every year I was thinking, you know, I really should bring out the baby garden again and try to get it published again. And I want, you know, to go the traditional publisher route. So fast forward 26 years later, after showing the manuscript to my grown daughters and my son-in-law, I'm like, here, I, I really feel I need to get this back out there. And I, they had never read it. And I shared with them my manuscript. And they're like, Mom, this is really good. There's nothing like this out there. You've got to try this again. Um, and that was in 2018 in July. And that was right before the whole um, big the big brouhaha in October with the late term abortions that were coming up in legislation in the state of New York. And I remember when I heard about how abortion came right back into the news, really heavy, like, whoa, God is such a time. It's such a time as this, that God has had this book be published now and not 26 years ago. And then the long story of the book um, made short is I had a neighbor who was working in a pregnancy center, my, my best friend, and she saw the book and she's like, Jennifer, you need to get this in pregnancy centers. And then that was the first thing she told me and it planted that seed. And now my ministry is mailing my book to pregnancy centers. Um, I asked if they, I do a little brief introduction, would you like it? And states say, yes, please send me one. And so I mail them a copy that they can either use one-on-one -on -one with a client or they can have in their waiting room, whatever they choose to use with, use however they choose to use it, I should say. So um, the fact this, this week I'm doing Pennsylvania and I just, you know, I send it to them and I mail it out to them and it's saving babies. I'm believing. And uh, also that's how, that's where it started. So I just feel that God's timing on the book was perfect. Um, and ideally it was just going to be like a gift for baby showers or something like that. Um, especially for a, a pregnant mom who has an older child, like that's expecting a sibling that's expecting a sibling, a brother or sister. It's great to let them know where babies come from. Um, but then it has, you know, gone into the pregnancy centers as well. So I am just elated at how God is using this book. Oh, I hit the wrong button. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I don't like this one. It makes me feel like anyway. That's enough of that. That is an awesome story. And I think just like you said, it's it's a such or it's a such a time as these moments where it, you know, you have this thing on your heart and your mind, and it's just not God's timing. And then boom, this is the time to do it. And now we're having groundbreaking legislation. Like who would have thought that the the ridiculous, heinous problem of abortion, uh, which is a $5 word for baby murder, killing babies, um, it's not a medical procedure. It is not safe, rare, necessary, effective, whatever the words that the medical practice wants to use or the government wants to use, it's none of those, thing, those things. It's not safe, it's not effective, and it certainly isn't rare. It's abortion on demand. And when our country moved into this place, because here in the United States, we do it the worst, you know, like everything bigger in Texas, apparently everything is worse in the U.S., um, printing more money, uh, more poverty, more this, more that. And we have more abortions than anywhere. And then boom, this is the time for your book, your influence and your reach to go out to those women and into those uh, pregnancy resource centers, which is awesome. So you're in Pennsylvania or you're on Pennsylvania. So you have, you're coming to the end. You're coming to the end yes. of the alphabet. I have about 12 states left. And, um, nice. and this way I have at least um, two in every state. Some of them I have 16. Um, Michigan was really wanting the book. <laughs> so, um, and I'm finding that a lot of the liberal-minded states want it more than the conservative South, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, Massachusetts has, there's a lot of books in Massachusetts. It, so I found that very, and 16 is my most that is requested in the state, and that is the state of Michigan. 
And, you know, one, awesome. one thing I did learn, Joe, after talking to some um, people that I've met and hearing testimonies, I... Go. She starts telling me, well, what you were talking about with abortion, she goes, I was that girl. She goes, you need to let the parents know. I was, she said she was 14 years old, got pregnant, and her parents made her get an abortion. She's 14. She's a minor, but she knew she did not want a, an abortion. She took her, they took her to Planned Parenthood, and the, the Planned Parenthood lady, or you know, wherever she was, I, I assume it was Planned Parenthood, but asked, is this what you want? And she said yes, but she knew if she said no, she's a minor, she would, her parents would have been furious with her. And she told me, she goes, when this, because I'm starting a ministry at my church for this, and she said, in your ministry, you have to get it out for the parents because the parents feel like they have the shame. They don't want anyone to know that their child had sex and got pregnant. Um, the parents were trying to cover it. And now this girl, and she's 42 right now, she went on to tell me when she was 20, she was 14 at her first abortion. When she was 22, she got pregnant again. And this time she already had an abortion, so it wasn't good timing again. So then she made the choice for the abortion. Since then, she has had two miscarriages. And now she is married and desperately wants a child and can't have one. And she said, I, I asked her, I, I said, there's post-abortive care too for people and you need to get, you need to get help. And she, she goes, I have a good church. I'm in a post-abortive group. She goes, I've given funerals for my two babies. But she said, the message you have to take to the parents and to the ministry that you're leading is you need to also talk to the parents because so that they don't, I don't remember much from when I was 14. I, I just don't remember. There's some little things that you remember, but that's a big thing to scar your life at 14 years old. So, mm -hmm. I mean, but one thing it was, I was trying to talk with her, but I didn't feel that blood draw at all in that conversation as she's, you know, withdrawing, you know, doing, doing my, my labs. I was like, oh, wow. So that just happened. And I just think that's why we need to be a voice for life. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and I'm sure that you have stories like that all the time when you're traveling and working in this ministry, which is great. It's really a testament to the, that that ripple phenomenon because mm -hmm. you you touch so many lives and then they go out and touch you know 10 more lives uh nice. and so on and so forth which is you know a, a lot of people think in james the the doing work you know they'll know you by your your works um they they think that it's like got to be this intense thing no it doesn't it could be having a conversation with a nurse that's drawing your blood yeah um and and speaking life into those situations well, you're absolutely right. Um, parents need to wake up and, you know, it's uncomfortable, but kids are doing a lot of stuff. The pornography industry, for instance, their target demographic, they're about money, they're about sales. There's so much consumable pornography that's free. So they really have to work. They have a funnel. They have a top funnel. They have a whole sales funnel um, that's trying to get people past all of the free content. And so they need time and exposure. And because of that problem, their target demographic, at least two years ago when I was still working heavily in human trafficking, was six years old. Oh. Um, they wanted you exposed at six. They wanted you hooked before you were 10, and you'd be a lifelong customer. Um, so I hate to break it to you, parents, but yeah, yeah, 14-year-olds are sexually active. Uh, so you need to have whatever the talk looks like in your house. You need to have it a lot sooner than you probably think. If you need a resource for that, I would suggest Robert Smith Ministries. Excellent, excellent pastor. He used to be my pastor, but he has an internet safety series. He has an internet safety talk and uh, the talk talk that he gives. Um, and it's really awesome. Uh, so parents yes, have, have, have that talk. Oh my goodness. It saves lives. Uh, and, and to speak life, speak life. And, and when they're babies about the value of life and, and that every child's important and, and, you know, just kind of have that be a common, I think, I think one, uh, this lady also said that her parents would always kind of make fun of other people's if their kids were wild or something. And, wow. and, and they were just like, Oh, 
you know, oh, that child's wild and, you know, she is just wild. Bad things are going to happen to her. So that's another reason why they wanted to have that shame and they, they had that shame and they just had to keep it quiet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, talk life. Don't look down at a person. Like if you see a pregnant teenager walking down the street, who's, oh, don't say to your daughter, oh, that girl looks about 14. She made some mistakes. You know, it's, it's all how you you perceive other, you know, pregnant teens don't look down upon them and say negative things because then that child may think that they would think less of you. And then they secretly try to do whatever they can to abort, to alleviate the shame level. And that hints at the lie that people tell. Um, and the lie that people tell is it's not murder. Um, you know, it, it's legal. Now the same people, whether it be a leftist or progressive, whatever, they'll say, about capitalism or they'll say about tax cuts just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right and they'll play the ethics and morality card but here we turn around and look at abortion and it's murder but in this scenario it's legal but now they're not buying the argument well just because it's legal doesn't mean that's ethically or morally sound it's murder it's especially when you have states like new york and i think california is rolling this out as well where they have post-birth abortion for some period of hours. Oh, gosh. And it it makes no sense to me to birth a baby, a child, a living, breathing, you know, cooing person, and to sit with that person and discuss what the outcome of their life is going to be. But that's where we are uh, in supposedly the most advanced country in the world. Um, and it's, it's truly barbaric. Uh, more More people have been aborted. Um, people, babies have been aborted uh, than anything else. Pick your genocide from history, and the abortion pandemic is much worse. Um, and it's it's just really upsetting. But oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. Just today, I I receive a lot of things in the mail from pro life organizations, and I received something from um, Priest for Life. And they had, the priest was very nice and he has a little video in the beginning of this page and and he talks, it's um, look at abortion.org and they actually have pictures. And I, I, you know, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's not, an abortion is not for anyone. If they saw these pictures, if, if someone's going to make a choice and it's a choice for people, they need to do their favor, do, do themselves a favor and look on both sides of the spectrum, you know, um, about the life and what is abortion? What tools do they use? How do they do it? And, and to make a fair, you know, a judgment for yourself, if you look at both sides, then I think it will speak volumes to choose life or, you know, have that baby, put it up for adoption. I have family members who are on a three-year wait to adopt a child. There are so many people who are on, on three-year waits like that. Um, and it's expensive. It's close to $60,000 for family members that I've heard. Um, that it's, So, you know, that's, if, if people would just look and see, so if they say they want an abortion, you owe it to yourself to look at what they do. If you can't look at it, if you don't want to see it, then you need to think twice about what you're doing because it's evil and it's murder. And yay to, <laughs> yay to Texas. And even Georgia has a heartbeat yeah. law, you know. That's I, where we're headed. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, so that's exactly where we're headed is Texas. So it is where we're on the other side of the heart bill. It used to be the heartbeat bill. Now it's the heartbeat law, uh, which is awesome. And I just wanted to touch on the timeline for folks because a lot of people are saying, you know, what can I do? I just want to take you guys through the timeline. So Texas's state legislature, so they're their little state version of Congress for you, you people that don't really follow the government, uh, but still watch the show. And thank you for that. They submitted this. Uh, it was Senate Bill 8 uh, to the and House Bill 1515 on March 11th, 2021. Okay, so that's this year, just a couple of months ago. It was signed into law on May 19th, 2020, and it came into effect September 1st. Uh, so just about two months ago, you can do this. You can do this in your state. You can you can lobby in this way. You can petition in this way. This turned over extremely quickly. The science, because everyone's worshiping the science right now, if you're a Christian, a conservative, if you're pro-life in any way, shape, or form, the science is on your side. This is a life 
with neurological activity, with a heartbeat moving, sucking its thumb, its body is rehearsing um, things like urination, like breathing. This is a child. People talk about personhood. This is a person. This bill went into the House and came out, signed into law, and put in effect in a matter of months, okay? Um, so anyway, that, that's my rant on timeline. Jennifer, what do you think about the bill? What does it mean for our society, and what do you hope to see happen? I, my heart was just so happy when, you know, Texas stood on their own and other states have followed too, but how they did this and what I find, uh, you know, there's a huge backlash and, you know, all the people who are pro-death are like, oh no, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is this, that, and the other, you know, they've been trying to prove, they've been trying to look so hard for life on Mars. Well, there's life on earth. And if they're going to say life on Mars is this little thing, just think of the life that is the science of conception. When that child is born, life is here and, you know, when at uh, conception, hundred percent. So what I, what I've learned about a lot with Texas is they're talking about the pregnancy resource centers are just really busy and they are swamped with people coming in because what this allows the people to do, the pregnant women now, if abortion's off the table, if they can't go down for that quick fix, you know, we all know that quick is a short-term solution for long-term pain. If they can't get that solution fixed, quickly, then they're going to go and they're going to look into their pregnancy resource options. They're all over. Texas is filled with pregnancy resource centers that are there to help them, that are there to have ways to do parenting classes. And they can earn by parenting classes, some places they get tickets and then they can use those tickets to purchase little items just for their, their investment of time to learn how to be a parent. There's um, baby, there's besides the materials, there's tons of support for the mom. There's prenatal support. There's support for the women. And that's what Planned Parenthood doesn't give. So the fact that Texas brought this into law is making all these babies that would necessarily normally be aborted with an abortion-minded woman, now she's looking at her options. She's truly opening her eyes to the pregnancy resource centers that are right there in her neighborhood, that are there, the churches that are there to help. So now I've read countless 150 babies a day are being saved in Texas. Hopefully, wow. you know, and if they can't, if they can't raise the child, there's so many people looking to adopt. And that's a true hero there. The woman who is willing to carry that baby. So she doesn't have a secret. She has, she has a, a story. She holds her baby, but knows her baby is being raised by a family who desperately wants her child. So, I mean, what I'm thrilled about is it's taking those women who normally would have just done the quick fix, but it's having them open their eyes to the p things in their community and the support that is there. And pregnancy centers and pro-life organizations are just flooding resources to those, those centers and to the women. So I love it. Yeah, I do too. And I, I think that it does spell change for the states here, uh, late September, you know, Epic Times reporter Patricia Tolson put out an article saying that Florida Republicans filed a Texas-style abortion bill, uh, which is awesome, of course. One side of politics is saying it's disgusting and deplorable and blah, blah, blah. Um, I just wish they looked at the pictures, the pictures <laughs> that are out there. That's disgusting what they do to yeah. babies. Oh, goodness. But what I... Something that I hate is when people aren't intellectually honest, okay? So I understand um, I'm, I'm technically from, you know, the west end of Long Island. So, you know, I, would, I wouldn't dare say I'm from New York City just because of all of the associations. Uh, but I claim Virginia because we moved here when I was very young, okay. um, when I was in grade school. But I can't stand intellectual dishonesty. So uh, I don't even need to read that here. Let me... Oh, where's my mouse? It's flying all over the place. <laughs> These are the same people that are saying out of both sides of their mouths, if you look at abortion and if you look at, look at gun legislation, on the one hand with firearms, you need to have two forms of ID to purchase a firearm. Uh, and it, this is a tool. It's a weapon. You can use it to kill people, hopefully in defense of self or others. But you need two forms of ID, uh, which is trying to get rid of for voting. You need... Uh, you need to be an adult. You can't do this if you're a minor. Um, and I, in some places, if you're 16 with parental consent 
with a lot of paperwork, you can get a 16-year-old a rifle, like something to hunt with. But you need to go through the ringer. If you want to get a concealed carry permit, you got to take training, you got to take class. They show you all sorts of images of these terrible graphic gun accidents, people shooting themselves or another household member. They tell you all of the ways that this can go wrong for hours. It needs to be certified by the state or partnering agency, an NGO, something like the NRA, uh, Boy Scout, something like that. You have to go through all of that to buy something that's a constitutional right. And then you turn on the other hand, you look at abortion, they're saying, we wanna hide this from parents. We wanna take away the, the parental rights, the consent rights, which is strange because parents are responsible for their children, were culpable for their actions. Right. If my son burns down the neighbor's house, it'll go in his record in some way, shape or form. But Eliza and I are in big trouble. You know, because we are his legal guardian. We're responsible for his actions, but only with abortion. And further than that, only with stuff that is unethical and immoral are they trying to dwindle it down to the smallest point of control away from all parental authority. Like it's an indicator that this is sick and twisted and probably wrong. And I've said this to people and they can't see the connection and I feel like I'm crazy. And, you know, I, I did. You, we saw that as September 28th when Newsom made it, he signed a bill, Bill AB 1184, signing a law helping minors to use their parents' insurance for a secret abortion. And the, the article mentioned that this is a 12-year-old versus a 25-year-old who could still be on their parents' insurance. They, they have the same rights without their parents to know, and the only way the parents can find out is if the minor, who could be 12, gives their parental gives their consent for their parent to know. That is so morally wrong, right with, right with what you're saying, Joe. Like, how can our society go this way? And it takes all of us to be that voice for life. And just, I, I think in like our parents' generation, I think people just more quiet then. Maybe that's why my book didn't come out yet. Maybe that's why the baby garden didn't come out. But people just said, oh, it's your business. I'm pro-life. But whatever you do, that's your business and I'm not going to get involved. But I think the tragedy of these innocent children with their complete set of DNA, and, and it is, it's not the woman's choice. It's her own. It's the baby's choice because it's the baby's life. I think now it's, it's us being vocal. It's us bringing, trying to lift the veil off people's eyes, which is an upcoming blog post from my blog as well. But we, the veil has to be lifted. And by us speaking and not sitting tight and not just not saying anything when you hear that so-and-so's neighbor or so-and-so's relative is pregnant, call that person. Talk to them, tell, tell them about that there's other options besides abortion. Because believe me, they're getting pummeled with the messages of abortion from everyone down to the boyfriend and sadly parents as well. So we just have to be the voice for parents and the children before it comes an issue. It makes my blood boil. Like, listen to yourself, parent. You want to kill a grandchild mm -hmm. so you're not embarrassed when you're walking around or to impress your neighbors or when you're out at the country club or the grocery or whatever you're doing, you want to kill your grandchild to avoid that awkward situation. That's insane. It's absurd. Man, you said something a second ago. Um, and, and I imagine that you've had that remark from a lot of Christians and share this portion of the interview with those friends you can be nice to them. I'm not going to be. That's a load of crap. You do whatever you want. Truth is real. It's objective and it can be known. Okay. Relativism is full of it. It's not true. Just jump off of your roof and see if the truth of gravity is relative at any time in the interaction. It is not going to be relative. It's going to be true all the time. The way it was designed, it just works. And freedom, we're saying oh, you know, it's your business and, and I'm a constitutionalist, so I'm at, no, freedom, you know, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. Liberty does not mean do whatever you want. Liberty means the opportunity to do what is right, to right. do justice, which is not just crime and punishment. It's caring for the widow. It's taking care of the poor. That's what liberty is. We know our experience tells us that liberty and freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want because of the existence of a penal system, 
We punish people for doing things that are wrong, that society deems as not allowed, uh, that the laws of nature and nature's God, you know, those those old racist guys uh, wrote a thing on a thing. All of that stuff is true. Um, and I used to do it too. And now I... I have some crunchy conversations with my my Christian brothers and sisters because um, we like to say so much, God's going to take care of it all. God took care of the universe, us existing. He asked us to do two things. He asked us to to love him and worship him and to discover his purpose for our lives and live in that purpose, okay? To, to do the work that he put us on earth to do. That's all we have to do. Just do things. Just love God and 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 live in his perfect plan, then we're good. Yes, yes. <laughs> we make it too complicated. We definitely do. And we screwed it up. <laughs> you know, I, I, Joe, I think so much of it, it's, it's like the media, and I remember I learned this term, you know, a couple months back during all the election stuff, the gaslighting. You know, if you talk it about, if you talk about it enough, if you keep talking about it, it will become real. Like, I think they're like, oh, a crisis pregnancy, just go abort. It's almost like in the same, it's in the same sentence. Like people are so programmed completely like away from what God's plan is. And I think if we just step back and just know that the constant chatter of people, that that's not, that's something it's. It's almost like I'm sure there's other technical words besides gaslighting, but it's just like a brainwashing. Like, oh, it's it's normal to do that. It's normal to abort if you have a child. It is the miracle of birth. What has to happen for a child to actually be conceived is amazing. Like, it, no one can even. It, it's just mind-boggling, and um, what has to happen. So when God makes that decision to start a child, regarding you know, we can talk about all the different reasons why people think they need to abort. There's an answer for all that too. There's never a reason to abort. The only time that it's truly, the only time and people don't think about this, the only time it's truly dangerous for the woman, the mom and the baby is an eptopic pregnancy where the fallopian tube will rupture. You know, they say for the life of the mother, usually the life of the mother, you can carry a baby to at least, you know, 23, 24, 25 weeks. If, if the mother cannot take the baby to a full term, you deliver that baby and they, they can do life-saving um, things for that child if it's life-saving for the mother. You know, I mean, you don't have to take it to term. You can have the baby early and have a, give a chance for the baby and the mom to be fine. My niece had a very, very um, kind of quite dangerous heart situation when she was pregnant. And she carried this baby to term. She was under she was under medical care the whole way, and you know if she had to have the baby early, she could have. But she had probably one of the mer- the worst medical issues of someone who would be, you know, needing an abortion. And there's no way, you know, she made it the full term. So that's the life of the mother. And safe safe abortions. Guess what? There's no safe abortion. Someone dies in every one. You know. Um, so th- you know we could go down all. Those, those paths, but you know, we just have to stop programming society that oh, you made this, it's a crisis pregnancy, it wasn't your plan. Well, you know what, God's plans are better than mine, so I'm gonna stick with what God has, even if it is a child that I wasn't planning on. You hit on another, like, I really truly, if you ask my wife, I really truly hate, um not being intellectually honest. Uh, I also hate when the logic train just completely derails, like Mm -hmm. that there's, that's not a valid argument. Um, But this is another area where people are totally intellectually dishonest, where they're saying, well, we shouldn't have to use all of these medical interventions to keep the child alive or to keep the mother safe. Um, Not the birthing person, a mother, there are two genders. One of them can have babies. I cannot get pregnant. It's very sad. I hope YouTube doesn't take this down for that used to be basic truth. Um, but it is what it is. But we, we say, they say, well, rape and incest. Okay, I'm not going to grant it. But if we did, we're talking about less than 1% of abortions. Like that's not, there's no there there. That's not the argument. Right. Um, and that's health, health of the mother. The child's innocent. The child had nothing to do with the rape. 
you know, yeah. that's the creation. The child, I've, I've seen so many testimonies of, of men and women who were a child born of rape. Yes, they were adopted, and I understand that. It's a that. person. Yeah, it's a person. They're like, I am a person. I have contributed. They are not to be at fault. Because they're just, they're the victim, but they're still a person that God has created. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's so strange um, I, I throw this in people's faces in those theological debates. Some people say the Bible's not fair because Adam and Eve sinned and the sin of man came into the world, so we're all paying for their sin. And I'm like, I can tell some of your other beliefs since you said that statement. Um, so you're probably pro-abortion, right? Uh, and it's for health of the mother and rape and all that stuff. So a random criminal, a random guy rapes a woman and someone else has to die. Right. That's You're saying that's totally fair and just, but sin entering the world through man is not just. It's... It's, I think you can see that the thing, the thing that like triggers me is when people's beliefs don't cheer up with themselves. It's so, it's so annoying. Sometimes I'm like having a debate with people and I can just see the contradictory ideas crashing into right. each other. Um, you know, yeah. and a, another really sad part about abortion, Joe, for women is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a short-term solution for long-term pain. These women leave the abortion clinic, and maybe some of them are initially fine, but it's that guilt. It's that that the devil knows how to just mess. He knows that button that they're going to be weak on, and he hammers them and hammers them and hammers them their whole life through. So that one mistake they made or two, like my lab tech who was taking my blood, who did have funerals for her babies, and now she can't have babies, and she's so sad. She's in post-abortion groups for help. Because unless you truly, I mean, and Jesus can, can a lot of the pro-life people who I've met, they are people who have had past abortions. And if one person would have spoken to them, they wouldn't have aborted. So they feel, they feel it's their responsibility to tell others before they say, make the same mistake they have. But unless, I mean, these women are more likely for mental issues and suicide and abuses. So what that happens is like this 14-year-old girl you know, whatever age, it's going to haunt them until they come to a, a, a mercy time with Jesus, because Jesus is all forgiving. But who wants to go through that terrible nightmare and that terrible secret rather than just having the baby if they can't raise it and letting it go up for adoption? But that's the, that's the unspoken thing um, that, you know, that happens with uh, people who have been abortive, post-abortive women. Very sad. It, it's another area. If you read your Bible, this makes perfect sense because it makes no sense that they're saying that abortion is safe when it's a common side effect. A, a common fact about abortion is it's very difficult to conceive post-abortion. Right. Um, that part is not safe, effective, or rare. It's very common. It's very distressing. It's very disturbing. Um, and quite frankly, it, it ruins, it takes a life in right at the onset, and it ruins a life, and it causes emotional turmoil um, forever. And at some point, say this, this lady does get pregnant, um, or whomever, there's a family member missing now, especially among families that are believers. And now, now there's this, this dead child. Um, and you thought it was embarrassing. People thought it was embarrassing to be 15 and pregnant or whatever. Um, but say if we, if we had had an abortion and now we're, we're, you know, we're four kids in, we'd have to tell our kids about that. We'd have to tell our kids about the sibling that they never get to meet. Uh, and the other problem is, Medicine is always trying to explain, or science is always trying to explain what God has set into motion. So we can say, mm -hmm. yes, we know, whatever. Not a doctor, just a regular dude, but I'm thinking that God might see it incredibly offensive to kill a child that he's blessed you with. God right. opens and closes the womb. So it's not a surprise to me without knowing all of the medical ins and outs that people that have abortions have difficulty getting pregnant. That's it's not true. a surprise to me that people that kill something that God knit together and made in the secret place, which you can read about 
in Jennifer's book, The Baby Garden, it's not a surprise to me, and it's not a surprise to Jennifer that it's It's so heartbreaking. Like, I want to tell young women, one, you know, don't kill the child, but two, do you want to have children? Because it's well-documented. This could make it very difficult, exceedingly difficult. And it's, it's just bad news. Oh, yes. I think a great movie, too, that I watched, Abby Johnson's story, Unplanned. Um, that was amazing. She was a um, Planned Parenthood director for eight years. And she was just all about the numbers. Planned Parenthood is scripted. They know everything to say to Christian women. They know, I mean, because it's a funnel. You want to get money in, you get awards at the end of the month for how much, how many abortions you do. It is big business. And they have everything. Wait, I thought Planned Parenthood just did general health care, like mammograms. um, They just do abortions. Well, they do other things, but their big money maker is the abortions. But that yeah. that was a really eye-opening movie. And Abby Johnson is a big speaker in the pro-life movement because she's seen it. She's been on the other side. She's had the veil. She's been deceived. But then, and her family, she was from a Christian family. Her family was strongly Christian. And she got kind of wrapped up into it, had some abortions herself, and um, just became a center director. And, and one day, she walked in to an early abortion um, and saw it. And that was the moment after thousands of abortions that she had been witness to. I uh, know she did, wasn't in there, but, you know, had did the paperwork and tried to, you know, get people to, to abort. And she saw it and that was her life changing moment. So, you know, I think people just need to be educated if they're pro-choicers to really see what they're, what they're choosing. So, and that's what the baby garden goes to. I have my book here too. God has a plan for every child and he has the plan. And I want to go with what God has planned for me and, and do because his way is always better in my own way. So we're going to plug this again. No, not the news. Get out of here. And guys, you can get Jennifer Bosma's book right now. Um, Amazon is still, unfortunately, the best place or one of the best places to get a book. Um, I, I doubt that your local Barnes and Nobles will have it, but you know, if you've got Prime, you can you can get it what tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's Barnes and Nobles does have it; they do, yes. and uh, if they don't have it in the store, they can order it and they'll get there just as quickly. I just discovered our Barnes and Nobles here in Loudoun County. Uh, and it's awesome. It's like decked out. We took like the day after I discovered it, we took the kids there. Um, and books are just something lovely to surround yourself with. Um, and you know, if you're a parent, a grandparent, um, expecting get this book, or if you just have a passion for children, a passion for, um, helping young women, um, and it is rarer, but some young men, some teen or young adult men also kind of struggle through these issues, um, you know, if you know someone that will benefit from this, I just think the illustrations in here are the cutest. Aww, I like them too. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm small. And another another fun thing too is I do have a blog out there, and I'm I'm always running like a, I have a one minute mama, which is a quick little um, try to make it just a minute of just parenting and mentoring for moms. I do my words for Wednesday, which is the inspiration part of it. And that's every Wednesday I give us a, a scripture with some of my favorite photography that I've taken or a family member have taken. And then the front parking spot is just kind of my my takeaways from my all my years here on earth, some really strong spiritual t- takeaways that I have learned from amazing pastors um, that really have implanted, you know, really have taken, a, you know, really planted the faith in me. And these are just some nuggets. I've got two I'm going to be adding in um, this week. I've got one for one minute, mama, I'm from parking spot, but it's a great resource. If you just need to pick me up um, some parenting ideas and it's there for you to just get some spiritual mentorship from. Awesome. And guys, you can see all of those things, these inspirational blogs uh, that Jennifer was just talking about on her website, which is jenniferbosma.com. I know there are some audio listeners and I need to remember to cater to you guys. So that's Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, Bosma, B-O-S-M-A.com. You can read her blogs, you can subscribe to her list, and then you'll probably get a notification when her new book comes out so you can get that as well. Um, Are you talking about the new book or is it? 
yes, still I, under wraps. No, it's it's. I know I know the plans. I the, I know the plans for you. Um, the plans I have for you. It's we're working on. Um, it's it's actually a book I was inspired after my first granddaughter was born. Um, and it's about all the scriptures that I kind of spoke over my child that I learned early on as a young mom. I wrote it in rhyme, but I have the scriptures on one side of the page. And then I have a story about, it's almost like God talking to the baby, like, welcome to this world, sweet child of mine. I have many plans for you to shine each day. You'll learn and grow with me so you can live a life more joyfully. And then there'll be a scripture that goes with that little rhyme. So it's all the big, the Jeremiah 29s for, I know the plans I have for you. Um, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you. All those real strong scriptures that are great ones to pray over your children. Um, So it's a great spiritual lift for both the parent and the child to learn scripture early and for the parents to kind of um, plant that scripture in their heart. And it's an acute little story of God taking them through over 12 pages, all the big plans he has for them during their life. So that's coming out. So I know the plans, I know the plans is the name of the book, but I love it. It's really going to be fun. Some sweet illustrations. So stay tuned. Awesome. I'm going to have to get it and then I'll have to have you back on the show. We can talk about that as well. So this book is, uh, I, before the interview, I actually had to hunt it down um, because this one stays in my office, but I couldn't find the other one. It was in my son's room. He's been reading it. He's he's an avid reader, especially for a seven-year-old. Send me a picture and I'll pop them on my website because I like to get pictures from kids. And then if it's, you know, parents send them in on just a little snapshot of them reading. It's just cute to have it. I will. We we snap pictures of him reading all the time because, yeah, he's, he's into it. Well, thank you, Joe, and congratulations on baby number four. I think this is a perfect message on the sanctity of life and your sweet little gift that you all have, and it's it's such a blessing to your family. Thanks so much, Jennifer. So it's time for me to do my commercial and for you to prepare for the last question, which uh, I kind of made a joke about this earlier, but guys... Jennifer and I shot an interview like months ago, or if not, then like several weeks ago, more than six weeks it was ago. July, I think. Yeah, because it was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We just crossed paths, and literally yesterday, um, my family, we were in. No, wait, what is today? I don't know. I think yesterday, yeah, we were in Old Town Alexandria and we had a little ice cream and we walked by the spot where we met you. We met on uh, the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, we did. We met on the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh, very serendipitous. Um, but yeah, we, we exchanged cards and, and, um, and the kids are really impressed that someone that we met know wrote a book. So you're, you're very cool to them. Your kids are adorable. I love meeting your whole family. And I got to meet your whole family at one time on the sidewalk, which is even better. Yeah. Yeah. We were even pregnant with Gabriel. So we're walking up, you know, towards that spot. And the oldest James is like, that's where we met the lady that wrote the book. Oh, really? You kids were Yeah. Mary and my friend Mary, we were walking while our husbands were parking the car and we just struck up that conversation and we even crossed the road to keep it going. Like, Hey, cross the road. We like turned around and cross back over to talk some more. So that was, you know, God ordained your steps and he definitely ordained our steps that night, Joe. Thank you. I know there's so many people. And if you haven't been in this area of old town, they like close the little street. There's just a ton of people there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really cool. Um, But insofar as commercials, do make sure that you like, share, and subscribe uh, to the channel. It helps us out a lot. It really does help out more than you know. Um, if you want to get even more involved, if you want to really see, like, and engage with me, I'm on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and all those places. Uh, but really, you need to check out my locals community, which you can get to by going to the website, which is on the screen now, uh, com. You can click on member, and it'll take you to my locals website, thejoemobleyshow.locals.com. If you don't know what locals is, it's the internet done right. I'm wearing the Dave Rubin, uh, Rubin Report shirt right now. Uh, so locals is Dave Rubin and his team they've built it's not like a twitter or facebook or youtube it's kind of like all three it's online communities it's the internet done right 
And it's just an awesome social media experience without all of the trolling and the craziness. And I think he cracked the code. There's like a little barrier to entry, which you can find out. Uh, if you go and click on the site, I don't have on one of my saucy, uncloseted conservative shirts, but you guys have seen them. Uh, I make them, design them. They're all designed, made, assembled, all of the stuff in the United States. They're sourced in the United States and they're printed and manufactured by American workers, uh, working hard to keep our me afloat. Um, so you'll never buy something uh, made, manufactured, designed, any of the words, any of the little legal words they could use uh, in China or anywhere else. Uh, it all goes down right here, uh, mostly in my house. But anyway, <laughs> or if you're just that super generous person and you're just like, Joe, we want to send you money. I'm not going to ask for it, but I certainly wouldn't turn it down. And you can give at paypal.me slash the Joe Mobley show. And that is the end of my commercial. I think I got through all of the things. So, Jennifer, we gave you the time to think through. And you know that last question. If you could get everyone to read and understand one book, um, barring the Bible, we, we know that's the one, uh, what would you pick and why? Well, I am ready for this question now. I think when you asked me that before, I had just finished it, and the title left me because I was I was so engaged. It was such a great book. Well, to go with my shirt that says "Life is a Human Right," I Yay. have to say that I have received. Um, I bought Lila Rose's "Fighting for Life," and it's her story. And she was a young college student. Even before that, she went into Planned Parenthood when she was young, teenager. And started seeing the what they were doing, and she gave them a story about who she was, and that she was pregnant, and what they wanted her to do, and and that's opened her eyes. And she has this live; it's called live action. This is her story, and I had read this, and it's powerful. I'm I can be sometimes a slow reader because I'm so busy that I read at night, and then I get really tired, and I make it through like a page or two, and then I fall asleep. Because but this one. I finished in like a week, which is really fast for me. Um, so I just loved it. So Fighting for Life by Lila Rose, and she is the founder of Live Action. I would highly recommend it. Awesome. You brought visual aids this time. It's so cool. It's not going to be like, you know, when someone asks you a question, it just goes out of your head. And I'm like, no, got it today. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm waiting for someone to be like, oh, where's Waldo? You know, the first yeah. one or something. Exactly. Been there. Uh, Awesome. Thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. And congratulations on your wonderfully growing family. It's a blessing. Thanks so much. Jennifer Bosma, thanks for joining the show. Guys, go out and buy her book. The website is jenniferbosma.com. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.